Welcome, everybody, to an episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with my co-host, Jordan. And today we are doing Way of Kings, chapter 24 through interlude. And I've been saying it wrong the whole whole time. Interlude I-6. Oh, sorry, no. Four or five, six? No, no, I-6. But I think the guy on our Discord was saying it's 1-6, I think. I don't remember. You know what I'm talking about. We're finishing... Uh, yeah don't don't people just come it's on it's just semantics yeah so we're going through chapter again starting from chapters 24 and finishing off uh part two so that includes all the interludes and i'll be honest with you and we're gonna get to the interludes in a second i wasn't a big fan of the first interlude i'm like i don't see what the point of this was but mm, uh, we'll get to that yes but there is two in there that were very one in particular which i was like at first i didn't really understand the point of it but then i liked it way more anyways um so okay so before we actually like get on with it how are you liking this section and then like overall how the story is progressing um well in this section you start to see more i mean you're pretty much stuck at the camp. You know what I mean? Like, you don't... I think, what is it? Yeah, you don't really go outside the camp on this because it's 24 all the way through. <clears throat> yeah. It, I, I'll be honest with you. The story feels like it's kind of slowed down a lot and um, it could be that it's ending apart. So it's one of those, like, the mid thing and again this is a lot of world building that's necessary for first seasons first books first anything right um i felt the same way with the first mistborn book where it kind of had to really set the stage and you just need to define so many locations so much history so much characters and Mm -hmm. all that so but what do you uh what are you, uh, I guess at this point, what are your predictions moving forward? And for the whole, like for each character, at least at least notable character, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess notable character or even plot line itself. Okay, so I got good. I was actually thinking about this earlier, and you did bring it up, so this is why you're you. Khaled, we're gonna be stuck seeing Khaled and be a slave this entire book. Okay, I, I don't think he's gonna break out of that till like book three, and I oh. literally. I have okay. never, I am not reading ahead. And you no, know no, how hard right. that is for me? Eh. <laughs> serious four to four to two. Yeah. But I think Calvin's going to be a slave for at least the end of this book. But, but you minimum. think even as far as book three, though? Maybe until book wow. three, beginning of book three. Okay. Okay. So I think Dalinar, dead. He's going to die. Okay. This His, book? next well i don't know it could be at the end of this book but i think his youngest son's gonna get his shard blade in his armor or it's gonna end up in one of the slaves hands second oh back to kaladin kaladin's gonna figure out that he has some sort of unique ability like zeph did in this book he's gonna figure that out Okay, and that's that surge binding thing. Yeah, he does. Okay, but and do then, you think it's the same ability as Seth? Or no, I think it's a different. I think it's a different ability. I think he has di- a few different abilities. I think 
Because he can't just be one. Because if he has one, that means he has two because that's what Zeph had. Huh. Dude, yeah. me not reading ahead is freaking I'm I'm scratching at the bit. But no no, I I so I think Dalinar and Kaladin are gonna meet at the closer to the end of this book. Because they're right and it's so frustrating they're like right next to each other. I know, but I think Dalinar's gonna die. I think it's gonna be more of an Adolin Kaladin thing. I think Renarin's gonna die. You think his son is? Yeah. I think Renarin's gonna die. And it's gonna again push him further into this uh not pacifism, but like push for peace. Yeah. I think Renarin dies. I think the I think the unite them thing, I think that's everybody. Okay, so against where do you the think void coming from unite them. I think it's I think all of all of the clans or at least all of the factions on Roshar I think they the 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 entity or uh the shard of that world wants to unite them against the void bringers which are the bad which which we'll find out later are the actual bad like the villain that like the main villain. Okay. Okay. All right. I think one more and then I think I think Shallan Mm-hmm. is going to end up becoming more like she's not going to want to steal it and she's going to let like her homeland be done with and she's just going to go out on her own with Yasna. Okay. Okay. That's an interesting uh that's an interesting one. That uh Shalan's plotline was not as interesting to me for a while, but now I'm kind of ready to get back into it because honestly Kaladin's is just like it's just there. And mm-hmm. I know what's going on with it. And I, I feel like every chapter so far has been predictable with his. I really like Dalinar's and Adeline's uh, chapter a lot. Shalon mm-hmm. as well. I would say right now, currently I have Dalinar as my number one favorite POV. And then Shalon and then obviously Kaladin. Um, right. And it's weird. I don't really like Zeth's point of view either. Uh, he, <coughs> And I know we've only had, I think, two or three... Uh, two uh, two interludes, one of which we're going to cover now, and then one the prologue. But yeah, not a, not a big fan of his POV so far. Uh, I think I I don't know I don't know I think I obviously haven't read ahead, <laughs> and I'm going to keep saying that because it's taking a lot out of me. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, we're going to see the smaller portions of Zeph's perspective. I think we're going to see it grow into a bigger portion where he might start getting chapters. Okay. No, no, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Because what if all the interludes for now are just adding up to them eventually getting their own chapters? Again, Um, I've never looked at it. I will also add another point of critique. I preferred the epigraphs being all from one POV uh, from Mistborn. Era 1. Remember, (laughs) we're like... Yep. And this is... Uh, spoilers for Mistborn, at which point I, I feel like if you're here, you should have read Mistborn first, but fine, if you started starting my first, spoilers for Mistborn, Era 1 coming up. Um, in Book 1, when it's from uh, what was his name? The uh, Not Rashak, obviously. Rashak's Lord Ruler. Alendi? Uh, Alendi, yes, sorry. I was, I was going to say Alethi. I'm like, I can't... It's not Alethi. Alethi is the king of here. Alendi. And then... Um, Lendy's uh, uncle, and then, or sorry, Rashek's uncle, and uh, finally, say Zed, right? 
it's sticking to one POV I thought was better. Whereas here, it seems like it's going to be switching every part. Um, because I noticed, I don't know if you noticed, but like the first part, it sounded like almost like a history book or like it, it, it recounted the quotes of people's last words right before they died. Right. And then the second part seemed almost conversational, almost like a letter. Uh, I think that letter, I don't know if it's a letter. I don't really know how to define it. It's weird. Uh, but he talked about AT, you know, from like the yes. ruined guy. So the the second parts uh, epigraphs were way better. Like it, it wasn't even close. But oh yeah. yeah, what by far? Yeah. But what do you think it, that's about? Um, I, I don't know, man. It it sounds like a god, honestly, talking about other gods. Maybe this is happening because it's talking about At being a kind person, which leads me to believe that. This person knew AT before he ascended into shardhood, which again further leads me to believe that um, whoever this person is is like maybe not a shard themselves necessarily, but like an immortal. Like Sazed? Uh, but Sazed is a shard. No, no, but he ascended. Yeah, so I'm, ta- I'm saying that this guy I think is not, maybe he may be a shard himself, or he may be a guy who's immortal, who's knew these shards before they became shards. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, because he knew how AT acted, like his personality. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I... Okay, so what do you think about Adeline? I know we're talking, we're doing a lot of pre, uh, pre-summarization pre talk, but I, I just, I wanted to get, uh, really have a conversation about like where you're at with Adeline. Um, just everything in general, I guess. I don't know, I think, I think he's going to regret sometimes the way he talks to his dad. Maybe. Oh, right. Because this kind of goes back to your, uh, you think that, um, that Delano is going to die thing. Yeah. And even worse, I think, I think it's going to, if, if Dalinar dies, what's happening to Dalinar is just going to transfer to him. You think that madness is going to, tra- or that, that PTSD or whatever it is he's dealing with is going to transfer to him? Maybe it's even more so than that. Maybe it's like some sort of destiny of some sort. Okay, so do you think... Okay, this is interesting. Do you think that Adeline is going to start hearing the voices of Unite Them as well? Mm-hmm. You think so? Okay. I think so. Huh. I don't... Hmm. The, the only reason... Okay, so uh, an extra little nugget, I guess, for you guys. I texted Jordan a few days ago. I'm like, dude, Adeline is like such a player, and Dallas yes. hates it. He gets so he's like, dude, you need to like settle down and just find one and just move on with your life because this is ridiculous. At first, I thought it was when they first brought this like little piece up. I thought that Dalinar was just being like, you know, an old man and like, you know, yeah, just being like a gradual mm-hmm. man about his son. But now I'm like, nah, I think I'm on Dalinar's side, dude. You have like a new woman like every other day. 
Yeah, like that's got to be. I mean, you need to. I mean, the way he sees it is like at his age, you need to like settle down. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit more here in this session, but Dalinar is also considering, you know, I mean, he does step down. So he needs Alan to be like fully matured and have all his like, you know, ducks in order. Right. Ducks in a row or is ducks in a row? I think it's ducks, ducks in a row. Ducks in a row. Uh, <laughs> Whatever, same thing. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so anyways, we'll start with Charter 24. <laughs> uh, it's two POVs, Dalinar and Adeline. Dalinar, it's just he's in a room, and he's waiting on High Prince Rorian. Royan. Ryan. Ryan. I'm just going to call him Ryan. High Prince Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> yeah. And he. this is Dalinar trying to unite the princes as his uh, his interpretation of his dream is going. Which, which again is unite them, and he's he's starting with what he feels are like the weakest or lowest mm-hmm. ranking um, high princes, right? Trying to work his way up, and Royan, the little jerk, basically like uh, denies him, and he even goes as far as to say like, "I think you're weak," essentially. Right. Um, so that I'm like, okay, that, that's a little uncalled for. Like you're. Amongst the last place, at least Dalinar is like you know top one, top two. Like if he's weak, right. <laughs> you're you're pretty trash. I I don't know why I got so defensive over Dalinar, <laughs> but I I don't know yeah. I I do too I do too. When I'm reading, I I I'm like, hey man, like yeah, I understand. Yeah, and then later, Adeline gets in an argument with Dalinar. This chapter was kind of short, um, or as far as. Uh, to my understanding, not a lot to really recount. But Dalinar and Adeline get in an argument again. This time it goes a little bit deeper, where Adeline gets goes as far as shouting at his father and even says something like along the lines of, you're going to risk the future of our house off of your uh, insanity or visions. Uh, <clears throat> and Dalinar, being the newer, more patient man that he is, just kind of tells him to leave, mm-hmm. which is very well done. Um, <laughs> So chapter 25, this is a flashback. And uh, uh, these I also don't like, by the way. Uh, these you don't I like hate. these flashbacks? I don't like these flashbacks to Younger Kaladin, no. Um, there may be, uh, I'm sure that there's something here mm-hmm. for the future. But I think at the moment, I think uh, it just feels like... Almost like, okay, we get it. He had a past where he wanted to be a soldier, and his dad says, no, you got to be a doctor. And he obviously at one point defied his dad's orders and went and joined the military. Anyways, I get it. I still don't care about his dad or his mom or his dead brother. Right. Well, what the heck? Yeah, I, I'd rather just they, he kind of move on. But I'm sure there's probably some Easter eggs here that are... Uh, not Easter eggs, but like crumbs for the yes. future. But anyway, we're missing. I mean, you got to in your first free, first read through, oh, especially yeah. of this oh, kind yeah. of content and how thick this yeah, is. With the way that Sanderson writes, where it's like, yeah, no. So I, I agree with you, but I'm just at the same time. And I, you know, I wouldn't even be against the idea of going all the way through Sanderson's novels. Maybe going through some other people's novels. Not right. Like you know, go through some. And then come all the way back and restart where we left off and see 
if we can pick up on that reread because I've already reread the first trilogy of Mistborn three times. Okay, nice. So like, I want to do that again and then come back here and be like, "Hey, man, we definitely missed this, 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 this." I mean, it's gonna be a laundry list. Oh yeah, no, I agree. But anyways, um, yeah. But anyways, uh, chapter twenty-five, Kaladin. Uh, at this point, he here. This is gonna be a shotgun one, by the way. There's again, I really didn't care for this chapter. Kaladin heard that people were disrespecting his dad, right. and her his mom claims that it's because people don't understand him. But there was one thing I did want to talk about here. Um, Kaladin says uh, the others think the father stole those fears. Cal shoved his hands in his pockets. They think that he wrote out that order from Bright Lord Wizitil and had the old man sign it when he didn't know what he was doing, essentially kind of committing fraud. Right. And it goes on to say that his mother was silent. I, do you think that his father, not necessarily that his father killed the old Bright Lord, but that those rumors are true? Mm-hmm. I mean, right, wouldn't his, if it was like... I don't know. Think about it this way, right? If your wife was accused of something and your son or daughter comes up to you and says, hey, you know, the people in the community are saying this. And if it was false, I feel like you just say, no, it's wrong. But, you know, you just have to forget about it and move on. Yeah, but being quiet about it is the worst. Exactly. Being quiet about it, it's it's a little sus, Mama Cow. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, Yeah. So... Anyways, I do want to. I did want to make a note of that because I think that that's definitely going to come up later. And it, he finds out that his mother wanted him to marry Laurel, the the Bright Lord's daughter. Yep. And then the new Lord arrives, and this dude sucks. Yeah, he's he is, an a hole. Yeah, he is passive aggressive. He is demeaning. He he is mean. I, he's going to get what's coming to him though. I oh know yeah. It. Oh yeah. I. I really don't like him at all. But anyways, he goes as far as blaming Liren for uh, the previous Bright Lord Wistio's death. Wistio, I'm just going to say Wistio. I, Wistio, I think Wistio is good. Wistio, okay. Uh, so anyways, I hope that's the last time we hear about him because he's dead and we're kind of moving on. So chapter 26. At this point, Dalinar goes on a hunt and... Sadius appears to continue his investigation and he tries to get a rise out of Dalinar. Right. By, like trying to insult him a little bit. Uh, and I, part of me is like, I don't know if he was in, like truly trying to get a rise out of Dalinar. Cause I'm, I don't, he knows him well enough being former friends. <laughs> he knows that that's not going to work. Um, but anyways, Sadius chastises him for quoting the radiant radiance, which again, is just further proof that they, the, current society really hates the radiance a lot and the fact that he's um that whatever dalinar is doing right now is has kind of plummeted his like social credit essentially right Mm -hmm. uh which i think can't be understated which i understand this this whole exchange uh helped to illustrate i guess adeline's uh, frustrations um but he even says he referenced he uh so Sadius referenced them as the priests who pretended to get visions for power. 
which confirms uh, what one of the ardents I think was talking about with Adeline, which I'm still not convinced. I I don't I don't think that's the whole story. From that priest. Yeah, I don't think that that's the whole story. No, because they're again, history is written by the victor and the priests. They lost that war, so. Uh, what, am I saying that they're completely innocent? No, I don't think they were innocent. But I'm sure that there was something there that happened. That, uh, but who knows? Maybe they were full blown Nazis and I mean, they lost. I don't know. What, what you you're, say, you're making it seem small, but really, I think it's a lot bigger. It just was hidden in a certain way. You're saying I'm making it seem small, or that? No, no, they are. Oh, like the priest yeah, yeah. makes it. Oh, yeah, no, they they seem to brush it aside for sure. Yeah, right. But anyways, um, the Dalinar and his company get into a fight with some Prashendi. Um, and at this point, like mid-battle, he kind of loses that, that what's called like capital T thrill. Mm-hmm. And he starts seeing all the blood and the horrors of war and he, it kind of like snaps. And he, he gets hit with all that emotion and the, the, the horror of it all at once. And Adeline comes in having to save him. And later they recount there was a Prashendi there that had a shard plate, but he didn't fight. No, that was... Um, no, but... is it possible that he didn't fight because they didn't want to lose a shard plate? Did, well, they didn't know he had a shard sword. Did they know he had a shard, um, shard plate? Uh, I don't know about him having a shard blade, but I'm pretty sure they said that he didn't, that he had a shard plate. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that. Is, it just seems odd, but like, don't doesn't Dalinar and all the high princes have more shard blades and shard plate than them? So you would think that yeah, he wouldn't run I'm into battle. Guessing, I don't know. I feel like when you're in a war and your entire country is being like pushed in like this, you would use all the resources at this point. You could be right. Yeah, but... I just don't. I don't. The thing, the thing is, why would he flash that? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to be there, be there, right? Why would you be there and then not even participate? That sounds... Like like they're trying to draw him out. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So anyways, chapter 27. Uh, Kaladin starts selling excess antiseptic. Uh, this is He's using this to get money and then you know buy food for... The hurt soldiers because the hurt, the mm-hmm. wounded are not, or sorry, the wounded bridge crew because they're not going to be able to get any money while they're wounded and not working. Um, at this point, he considers running away, mm-hmm. which I don't blame him for. Uh, but he decides uh, yeah. against it because that is not the right thing to do, which right. I also don't blame him for. But man, sometimes it sucks being a good guy. Um, <laughs> so Gaz assigns them to chasm duty. And it's supposedly because Kaladin broke the rules by, quote-unquote, bringing back the wounded, which is right. not a thing. Because um, it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are no wounded. There are dead and alive. That's it. There is no in-between when it comes to bridge crews. So the crew gets warmed up more and more to Kaladin and his two friends. And, for example, this guy named Dooney, he starts to sing, and he's like a young kid. Mm-hmm. He's for sure dead. I'm calling it now. Oh, yeah, he's going to die. Yeah, that, that that's... That has a dead side character to impact the main character written all over it. And then forget about him like 10 chapters yeah, later. Right, right. 
hundred percent. Anyways, Kaladin finds a spear, um, and apparently some guy named Tuck trained him. Uh, and at this point, he goes into his whole like kata form, like showing off his like prowess with the spear, and it kind the of shuts up everyone. This, Which is crazy because okay. like. I want to know what he was doing. Like, I bet you it looks pretty cool what he was doing. <laughs> I agree. However, this scene felt so cringe to me. Like, it just seemed like a high school scene where, like, the guys are, like, picking on the guys. Like, oh, I bet he doesn't even know how to play basketball. And then the guy just, like, closes his eyes and he, like, starts making several three-pointers. Like, it, this, <clears throat> this one felt a bit much for me, personally. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I know you don't really care, but it it felt stuck out to me just because, like, at the end, he gets all embarrassed and he's talking about how, oh, you know, it's just a basic kata and I I don't know. A little boastful. Yeah. But anyways, when they're looting the dead Prashendi, it seems that the armor is part of their body. And there's I don't think that this is a coincidence that this chapter is right next to the other chapter about the Prashendi with the shard plate. Because they're looking at the anatomy of the Prashendi, and again, the, the armor seems to be a part of their body. Um, and there's like glyph on the inside of the armor, and he also finds what is it? Some knives with inscriptions or carvings of the heralds onto right. the knives. Um. So, what do you think that's about? I mean, do you think do you think everybody worships the same thing? I don't know if it's worship the same thing, but I wonder if like what if the Prashendi didn't exist at the time? What if the Prashendi are like direct descendants of the Heralds themselves or something? I don't even know at this point. That or the Heralds created them? I mean yeah. they do grow armor out yeah, of the Or or what if the Knights Heralds are like descendants of like the cursed like that right the heralds they well the 10 heralds abandoned their jobs right they abandoned their post um so then all the knights radiant sorry yeah not the heralds necessarily but the knights radiant to my understanding served right the heralds so if the knights radiants were cursed kind of like elantris right mm-hmm. they were cursed and then these prashendi are just like a descendant version of them I mean, it's a possibility. I, I, I don't know, man. I just there's more information I need before, like I can. Oh no, I agree. I that I, little, but he, but he's is... giving us a little nugget. That's a yeah, little nugget. I know. I know. I hate it too, though. I know because <laughs> I want to give it the whole thing. Um, but anyways, the next morning on his morning run, four more members of the bridge crew, or no, four more members, or major, a uh, large chunk of the members of Bridge Four. Join Kaladin on his morning run. Workout, yep. They're yeah. trying to join the crew. Part of the ship, part of the crew. Um, chapter 28. So Dalinar's war camp is getting ready for the hunt with Adeline, looking for a new portable bridge prototype. Um, and he's testing it, and it fails. It fails, yes. Um, so I'm imagining that this is going to come in handy like in some battle later maybe some siege or something uh they're gonna test it on bridge four you already know it yeah i'm sure 
Well, I don't know. Battle Bruce test. Is under is under Sadius, right? It's not under Dalinar. No, that's true. So, anyways, um, Dalinar brings up a good point to Adelin. Something for him to think about. It's like, okay, so gem hearts are expensive and they're very valuable and they fund the war effort, right? Right. Okay. Well, what happens when you get a bunch of gem hearts? Who do you sell it to? Yeah, well, no, yeah, that's a good question too. But law of supply and demand: when you increase the supply of something and the demand does not change, the price is going to go down. Right. So when you're flooding the market with these gem hearts, like yeah, initially you may be making a ton of money, but eventually the the the, the price of these gem hearts is going to go down. Um. So I can I was kind of shocked to see that Sanderson just kind of injected a little supply and demand kind of theology in there. Um, <laughs> But anyways, it was a small and, injection. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, just a little morsel. Um, Adeline and Dalinar, they're uh, they questioned the people who are questioned by Sadius, and these soldiers are like fanatically loyal to Dalinar, right? They're like, they you know they call Sadius uh, names and they make yeah. fun of him and they say like you know oh we're loyal to you we we know that you did nothing wrong. But the problem is, is when you really insist on this blind loyalty like this, it makes that your right lord, in this case, Dalinar, look more suspicious. And that's exactly what happened, because now Adeline and Dalinar are like, God, man, we did nothing wrong. And now we may get painted as guilty simply right. because our own men were trying to cover for us, right. cover for something that we didn't even do at all. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh so, as I said earlier, Dalinar is trying to groom Alad. Aladdin. God, it's Aladdin. Uh, uh, he's trying to groom his son Adelin to replace him eventually because he wants to step down as king, or mm-hmm. not king, but high prince. High prince. And he gets another message from another high prince. This time, Thanadel, who sends a messenger. Uh, so not even he himself comes in, which I I imagine that's a bit of an insult. A little bit. Yeah, and the messenger says that he will not be joining Dalinar's coalition. And Dalinar, uh, at this point, he's kind of running out of options as well, which I'm sure helped push him a little bit further into the whole, you know what, I'm kind of done with this crap. Like, you guys are not worth saving. Right. Uh, So. A little harsh, but it's all right. Dalinar, a little, yeah, a little side note here. Dalinar questions why the Radiance never made a shard play for anything other than war. I don't know if this is like going to be how the story ends, but this would be kind of cool because you have like this power armor, right? Like Iron Man suit. The Iron Man suit, yeah, it's amazing for battle, right? Uh, but imagine what humanity can do with everyone having one, not even for as a weapon again, just like for picking up things for. I don't know, under like science and uh, study and like going into the deep oceans and discovering right. what's in the ocean, stuff like that. Just I'm, I think that's really cool. I agree. Uh, and but yeah, him him going uh, a, a war general, a war hero of Dalinar statue, going as far as looking at a weapon and be like, okay, well, what if it's not just a weapon? A pickaxe can kill, but can also mine. So right. So. Could we find other applications for the shard plate? Right. So I, I don't know. It it's very 
Like, could you expand the shard plate's radius? Like, if you if you melted the shard plate into the wall and extended like cords out, could you like uh, extend the radius of protection? Yeah, that's like, yeah, right. Because if it's and if you have the same runes or whatnot, and then the storm, yeah. I guess, yeah, like so it'd be like just, just a just big shield. a bunker. Yes. Yep. Okay. Could you have created a vehicle that can go through high storms? Done. Right. Um. Oh my God! If in the fourth book they have race cars made oh out of storm pl- shard plate, Formula where'd you find the shard plate? Oh my God! That's cool though. Cool. It's just cool to think about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyways, though, Dalinar, at this point, is like out of frustration. I think it was out of frustration. At this point, he just starts hammering away at some rocks. He's doing the job of some of his servants who are, I guess, mining away something. Um, and this is, uh, again, a little bit of world building here. The Alethi religion says that if they die in war, I guess they die as warriors, then they join the Herald's army to win back the tranquil and halls. This sounds very, very similar to, uh, Nordic religion, mm-hmm. you know, like yep. enter Valhalla. Right. Enter the heavens. Yep. So Navani... Uh, who is Gavilar's widow, dropped by and criticizes him for missing their appointment, which he completely forgot about. It. Um, and then they call Yasna in this... Uh, what is it called? It's like something Reed, isn't it? Ban Reed. Ban Reed. Ban Reed, yep. So the way this works is if you guys have ever used Google Docs and had two people typing at the same time, it's basically that. Right. Um, he asks uh, Yasna to come back and she tells him about finding some art. Uh, she basically says no because she's still close, I guess. And she tells him about finding some artwork on the Voidbringers and she says it looks eerily similar to the Chasm Fiends. Now, what if what if the Chasm Fiend or sorry, the Voidbringer picture only looks like a chasm fiend because it was drawn years after. And all we had were descriptions of this large monstrous looking creature. And the scariest thing that we had was a chasm fiend. So we just made a void bringer look like a chasm fiend. Right. That makes right. sense. Right. Because I mean, if you're living in like, I don't know, Sahara, like some desert in Africa, right. And you're talking about some scary, scary animal, a, a massive beast. And the scariest beast that you have currently is a lion. Then the rendition that you're gonna draw is some might be something similar to a lion. So I don't. I'm I'm not going too much off the Voidbringers, looking too much like Chasm Fiends yet. Uh, I I will keep like a feather in that and just reference that maybe later. But did want to bring that up. Um, and then I mean, finally, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 keep going, keep going. No, I was just saying that Dalinar finally tells Navani that he wants to abdicate the throne. And that is how that chapter ends. Uh, I mean, that just seems like a poor decision right now. Yeah, I, I understand the intention, but I can already see how this is going to backfire, like, instantly. Uh Anyways, there is one... It was a funny thing. It's not really serious, but I didn't want to talk about it. 
at this point, I think Dalinar, this happened in chapter 28, mm -hmm. uh, Dalinar's, you know, hammering away at those rocks. And I'm going to read the quote. It says, he cleared away the workers, telling Dalinar's, or taking Dalinar's orders to heart and commanding them to sit in the shade and, quote, converse in a lighthearted manner. For those of you who've ever seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's... I've like never a, seen that. Oh, it's so funny. You should watch it. There's a funny scene in there where the captain says, why is no one having fun? I specifically ordered it. Uh, so this this scene kind of reminded me of that, where like the guy in charge like commands his like subordinates to have fun. Um, go relax. Why are you relaxing? Or I'll kill you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that I, I just thought that was funny. Um, so that finishes part. What is it? Two, I think. Yes. In this end of part two, yeah. So now we're gonna get into the interludes, and again, I don't know. These interludes, they don't, they just don't really do it for me. You talking about this one where they're trading with the Shin? Yeah, I, I don't, I didn't really understand like the point of this one. So it's just a girl farming, and she sees, see, she's she sees some Shin people. Like, Wow, that, that was a mouthful. And then she says something along the lines of like, she's annoyed that the grass here doesn't move. At first, I thought she was talking about like, there's no wind. But nice it seems stiff. deeper than that. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, the girl that the the old man that she's there with tells her that in Shin culture, farmers are the highest ranking, whereas the warriors are the lowest. I wonder if this interlude had anything to do with the plot or if it was more so trying to depict um, Seth as being a low member of his own society. Mm. Imagine if that's what this whole entire interlude was for. It, it could be. It was literally just to dip it. Like, you know yeah. what? I, now that I think about it, that could be totally true. Yeah. It's just showing the Shin culture and how they react. I mean, what do we know about this? What What is it? Ricin? Are you talking about the poison from Breaking Bad? Yeah, too. <laughs> the the traitor lady. Oh, is that her like, name? Honestly, didn't even like this. That interlude I hated so much. I was like, okay, where's this going? Where's this? What, what's happening? It was weird. I mean, yeah, we don't ever we haven't seen this person in the book, so like, yeah, we don't even. I mean, we don't even see the traitor either. So like, this is got to. I mean, at this point, it has to be showing us something that we know. Yep. At least. Yep. So, anyways, interlude one dash five. Axes the collector wakes up in a alley, naked, and. Some guy asked him to pay his rent, which, I mean, he's in a back alley. I didn't know you had to pay rent for that. Yeah, dude, you ever been in New York? Just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, apparently he destroyed a temple last night. I guess he got yeah. drunk and he doesn't really remember. Um, and this one was a little weird, this interlude. But he, this guy, Axie, seemed to be on a mission to study Sprint. Uh and his his kind are weird. He's not human. He casts shadow towards the light, right? So if you're if you're standing at point A, that's a light, and then I'm oh, sorry, you're standing at point B, and then light is point A. Instead of the shadow being behind you, it's like shadow going 
towards the light. So this dude's like a wizard. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, but anyways, um, he's so, an Aemon. I Aemon. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna right. Oh, I gotta find it. S is a an Aemon. Amen. Yeah, we're just gonna stick with that one. Now, obviously, it's not human. So, yeah. and they can change the color of their skin at will, which is really cool. So he I can would definitely blue. write notes. Yeah, oh yeah, he can write notes on his skin and like hide it for later. And then he finally gets to see what it is he was waiting for, which is a large friend named. Okay, this is hard. Quisesh. I'm just gonna go with that. That's a good one. Yeah, you're good. Uh, that the protector, Kwisesh, the protector appears in the water. And I actually looked at the picture of this. It's like, it's basically like a water spirit, essentially. Um, and all of a sudden he feels drained. I wonder if it has something to do with this, that water spirit or that spren. And someone takes his blanket, at which point he's naked again. And then he gets thrown in jail and he gets ex- actually excited because now he has a opportunity to see the captivity sprint. Um, and he's affected by, quote, the curse of the kind. And I, I wonder if that's makes him immortal. I okay. Think. So, like, where did he come from? Yeah, where I did mean... he come from? What's he doing? Okay, I, uh, what he's doing is apparently studying sprint. Okay, I guess. But I, what am but I like, supposed why? to do with that? Because he's immortal? I, yeah, I guess. Or what if he's not, maybe not from this world, right? Um, and he's here setting Spren because it's an entirely new world for him. Um, so finally, hmm. interlude 1-6. Zeth is an assassin, uh, is sent to assassinate uh, somebody gangs. else. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's like a gang it's member, a gang. a gang leader or something like that. And... Well, he gets there. It turns out another figure is there, and he has already killed his contract as well as his current master, and kind of holds the uh, what is it? The leaf, stone. essentially. Yeah, the stone uh, that oh, stone. binds him. Yes, yeah, old stone. Thank you. Uh, so now he's essentially bind, uh, bounded, binded, bound. Yes, he's bound. bound. Yeah, bound to this new masked figure, and he has new orders from the master of both. The guy who the figure, the mysterious figure, as well as his new master. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the orders are kill everybody. Like essentially, like, pretty much. Yeah, it's essentially like declare war on everyone. So I thought, I I, I don't I don't really know what to make of that. I, okay, so who do you think this is? You think it, it's not the Parshendi? Wouldn't he know? Yeah, I don't think it's the Parshendi. I wonder. So if it's, at first. At first glance, I was thinking that this is somebody who has already uh, hired him before, perhaps possibly for the Gavilar assassination question mark. But did he did did he did it make it seem? I don't think it seemed like that. No, okay. I mean, I I'm just like throwing shots in the dark at this point. Um, I I don't know um, because I don't know. Zeth must be a 
you know, an infamous assassin because he killed Gavilar in his stronghold. Um, but I just, yeah, I don't know. I just don't. He's got to be going after somebody. I bet she's going after. We're gonna see. We're gonna see somebody try to assassinate one of the high princes, and I think it's gonna be Zeth. And I think there, there has to be something to do with it outside of the Parshendi. Maybe it's somebody trying to keep the war going because he sees that uh, Dalinar is making, or he Maybe. thinks that Dalinar is making progress on the. Uh, you know the peace initiative, essentially. But maybe, maybe that's just, maybe it's another faction that's also playing behind the scenes, but the opposite of, you know, opposite of what you know the other team. I guess Dalinar. It's either Team Alifkar or Team Shin. Right? Not Shin. Um, Thaddeus. Or oh, uh, no. Shin. yeah, Shin. Shin. It's either Team Shin or Team Alifkar. So you'd have to think. Like, like who's playing what side? And there's got to be background forces on both sides. Yeah. It's somebody, I think it's somebody who wants to keep the war going. Um, because they want the world distracted. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's like some, like their version of Ruin. That's the master that they're serving, right? That's true. But... Anyways, uh, oh, what do you think about Yasna? What is it that you think she's like? Oh, we never talked about this. Well, yeah. I think she's in search of higher knowledge. Um, I think she's more thinking about the Cosmere and what they're, what how the Cosmere can play a role here in their world and how she how like how pretty much how she can fix it. Okay. I'm I'm down. I don't, I'll take that because I legit got nothing else to add to that. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But anyways, all I know is that we are done from. Wow, that transition seemed way better in my head. We are done with this episode. Next time we'll be covering chapter twenty nine to thirty four. Uh, I don't know if you take a quick peek real quick. Chapter 34's uh, title is Stormwall. That's a cool name. That's uh, let me see. About that. It's cool. Um, but man, I, dude, we've been, I feel like we've been chipping away at this book forever and we're still not even halfway done. Like the first book. Yeah. It's kind of, it for some people that annoys them, but for me, that actually kind of makes me excited. Uh, I know. I want to know. So I think, I think the main thing I want to get to And this series is I want a little bit more of the magic system. Like, okay, we obviously know yeah, shard blades. I, I and, like, I need a little bit more the the background and the lores, everything. But like, there's got to be a way that I mean, maybe I'm just wrong. There's got to be no, a way no, that I they can skip. They can at least slip in some more magic, at least. No, I agree with you, hundred percent. It definitely feels like there could be. A little bit more explanation going on, but I, mm -hmm. I I imagine whatever it is is probably subtle, and he has been dropping it, and we're just not realizing it. Right. I could definitely see him doing that because he's a jerk. He's um, a jerk. He's a jerk. But anyways, 
that will about cover it from us for that episode. And again, next week, assuming we get the episode in, sorry again about, you know, life. But <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, next week we'll be covering Expanse, continuing season, what is it, four now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So stick around for that one. All right. Until next time. Thank you, everyone. Bye.